Well, well, well. We're here. The first live show of 2023. Here we are, mate. Here we are. This is very exciting. Very exciting. I'm, I'm liking this setup already. It's, it's better than being next to you in person. Um, I like it. No, We've got it's a bit good. of distance between each other. A little bit of distance. It's nice. It's uh, I can't smell your body odor from here too, which is really refreshing. So it's something different, but I can definitely get used to this every... Uh, Firstly, we'll explain to everybody what's going on here. So obviously, this is our little show called The Weekenders. Um, it'll be our early judgment calls on the, the weekend that was in the footy, and it will be every Monday night. Um, I know it's Tuesday today. We're a bit delayed today, but from now on, it'll be every Monday night. So you can all look uh, look forward to that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the reason why it wasn't Monday night because Quinn was still celebrating the draw from Thursday night. So we had to, um, yeah, had to push it to Tuesday. Mate, I can just picture it again. Lynch. <laughs> I'm very over the moon about that. But um, yeah, no, obviously, uh, interesting game. We, we should may as well just dive dive straight into it, why don't we? Because I think was, I think uh, we should probably start there. It's going to be hard to ignore it if we don't. So let's just start there, and then we can um, get into the rest of the the weekend's footy. Absolutely, we'll dive into that. So obviously, it was the uh, first match of the round, the traditional season opener, Richmond Carlton, eighty eight thousand at the G. And I tell you what, tell me if I'm wrong, Marcus, but I reckon the first. Three minutes of the game, I thought we're on for an absolute onslaught of goals here. I mean, we Richmond kicked one in the first 20 seconds. I think 20 seconds later, you guys kicked one through Fisher. And I thought we are on for an absolute unreal game of football right now. And it just it, it fizzled from there. The scoring was relatively low. Yeah, it just turned into an absolute arm wrestle. It was a real slog. Um, yeah, it was like a bit hard to watch at times. As I think it was super intense. Um, but, yeah, the game was just... For me, it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't your typical round one game for me. Like it was. I don't think I've ever seen a Richmond Carlton game like that. To be honest, it was. It was bizarre, and I think as bad as Carlton were, we yeah definitely should still should have won that game. Um, we can go into it, but well, the comments like are coming through as well. I like the comment on screen right now. Doherty versus Rioli. Who won? Well, we know my answer to this question. Because I thought well, who won? Who won on the night? Or on the night? On the night. Well, I presume. Oh, well, on the night. I think Rioli was probably was probably best on ground. So yeah, I thought Rioli was a star on the night. So if we're going with on the night, yeah, Rioli for sure. Just loves a one too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's that classic. I mean, he, he, Saad does the same thing. He's that classic half back when he just runs and runs and runs all day through the middle of the ground and hurts teams that way. And I thought he did a, a great job of that. He's really growing into that role. Quite well, but yeah, back to what you were saying. It was kind of a, it was a very underwhelming um, end result. I thought both teams had their chances to steal it. I thought we spoke about it earlier, but I thought Richmond were probably a four, a three or four goal better side on the night, and we just couldn't convert when we had to. And every time you guys did eventually get it forward, you managed to find your way to kick a goal. And then the last five minutes or so in the game was that tight, and obviously it ended in a draw with Lynch taking that big grab. And what, what are your thoughts on the? Um, on the uh, the pl- that last passage of play where you kicked it to Harry and he fell over and everyone was saying O'Brien should have slowed down. What, what were your thoughts there? Because I, I don't know about the slowing down because Rowley was on his tail as well. If he slows down, he gets tackled there. So I don't, I, that's what I think. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Lo- at, watching it at the ground, it was like, what are you doing, Lockie? Just kick it. Like, just you, you've taken too many bounces here because we could all see Harry just streaming forward and Harry was on his own for ages. Um, and he was running down the MCG like he was trying to win the game. So, but then I've had time to reflect on it and then see a few replays. And, and you know, if he if he does miss Harry and goes too early, um, 
then Richmond were completely set up and ready for that counter-attack in the middle of the ground. So it's a really hard one. It's a really hard one. I thought the player should have stopped when Motlop marked it at half-back. I think he probably should have gone back there, um, yeah, kicked a short to O'Brien, and then would have wound down the clock a little bit. And um, and then who knows? Which, I mean, it's a Carlton thing not to really manage the game well in a close one, but who knows? We might have just chipped it around for a little bit and chewed down the clock as there was probably only a minute left at that stage. So... But to run and gun it like O'Brien did, I don't think it was the right call. But if Harry doesn't slip over, we're not talking about this as well. So it's it's a tough one. Well, I see. I actually think it was a ridiculously good kick because if you look at the zoomed out replay of it, it was five on one. Harry was the only Carlton forward in that forward fifty, and O'Brien hit him. It was a mm. very good kick. It just slipped because of the dewiness on the ground. So you're right. We probably wouldn't be talking about it, um, but. We are. And then, you know, the, not to bring it up, but the Blake Akers, you know, he was wide open, drops, fumbles the mark there. Did the, the, the play get to him? Did he slip a little bit as well? Like, it's so many things. Shea Bolton, for whatever reason, decides it's a good idea to try and snap a goal directly in front, 30 metres out. Like, mate, you drop punt that every day of the week and you nail that, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, yeah I don't know. It, we, we both had so many chances and, yeah, blew it in the end. Yeah. I think what I like the most about it is, well, you know, the positive look outlook from a Carlton point of view was we were pretty average for most of the night and we're still in a position to win the game with, you know, 30 seconds to go. So you look at it like that, plenty of improvement. Um, and, and, yeah, and then I think Richmond probably didn't play as best as you could, but you were a lot better and, and probably should have won it. Um, I think they're, the, they're probably the positives to take out of it. But I think, as we are saying before off air, let's just move on from round one, take the two points each um, and then hopefully meet in September. Wow. I don't know how good that'll be for our relationship meeting in September, but we'll see how we go. Good content. We're going to come in here from James Hawks. Is pressure point 2023 tipping already over? Hashtag. Did see that. The, um, so that's funny about um, who's that? James? I don't know who James Hawks is, but um, he he forgot to do a margin um, for, for the oh, first wow. game. So which means he got pretty much got the, the draw result. Um, so his margin's at zero. So he's off to an absolute flying start. That's that's not a bad way to go about it. Just don't put the margin in. I don't think it was intentional, but no, it, w- it wouldn't have been, no doubt. But it's a, it's an interesting way to go about it for sure. So yeah, no. So he's, he's done well there. So he's off to a flying start. And yeah, the pressure ball and tipping. It's um yeah, really good support from everyone. Everyone's just really jumped on board of it. So it's been great. No, it's flying at the moment. Absolutely having a great time with that. And. We'll go back to the first comment as well. I brought up earlier, Malcolm Marsh. Jeez, Quinn, how many shoes you got on? How oh, many no, shoes no. do you got? I'm on a steel. I'm on a stool. Steel. I'm on a stool at the moment, so I'm just keeping myself nice and high. So I've got no shoes on at the moment, but um, stool's keeping me nice and elevated. <laughs> Here you go. Another comment. Ollie Milner. How do we feel about the pies after their round one performance? Collingwood Football Club. Well, I did have those in the uh, the run sheet for the night, and Jesus. For yeah. those that thought Collingwood fluked last season. Um, which I think you might be in that category, Marcus. I, it's they've they've put that to bed. Absolutely, they were outstanding, and just they. I don't see how anyone's going to beat them with the when they're playing football like that, like they did um, on Friday night. It looked seriously unstoppable, and the the Collingwood fans are out in full force again. And let me tell you, when um, Ollie Henry decided to be a little bit arrogant and slow down in the goal square there, and Darcy Moore absolutely drilled him there. I would have loved to have been there just for the atmosphere. The crowd went bonkers. Yeah, yeah. 
Look, I'm going to put my hand up and say I was, yeah, I've been very wrong about Collingwood and probably let my uh, let my my hate for them get in the way of, of what they're actually capable of. I did not expect them to play like that. That was that was incredible um, from them, and um, it was their first game that they they'd won over they'd won by over a goal in a very long time. So good on them beating the reigning premiers. So I think, yeah, I think kudos to them. They're gonna if they play like that all year, I think they're. They're going to be up there with on it. I think I did say something. They're potentially premiership, equal premiership favourites as well. Um, with the D's at the moment, I think. Yeah, so it's probably deserved. Like when when you perform like that, I was to kick you know, 125 points against the reigning premiers is um is is pretty impressive. So I think they're gonna they're gonna be right up there this year again. And I think yeah, I don't think they're gonna slide like uh, a lot of us thought. Um, just on the Ollie Henry stuff, I just do you feel like it was a bit overplayed because. I mean, he wasn't even getting a game at Collingwood last year. And yeah, the Collingwood supporters are carrying on like they've just lost Jordan Degoe. Well, I put a um I put a very provocative tweet out on the night saying classy from Collingwood. It was something along the lines of classy from Collingwood supporters booing a kid that was on the fringe and just wanted to play with his brother. Yeah, it get, actually I makes did it on pur- I did it on purpose to get a bit of like backlash from I thought it'd be a bit of fun. And I did. I copped a little bit of hate, which well deserved to be fair. But um I, I think it probably is being overplayed a little bit. I mean, I, I get where Collingwood fans are coming from. Like, he was a, a good up-and-comer, promising. But then I see the other side of it as well, where it's like he is a young kid, was on the fringe, and had the opportunity to play with his brother, and he took it. So I get both sides of it. But I think the way that he carried on, um, before he did that little taunt thing, I was kind of a bit like, oh, it's a bit harsh on the kid. And then when he started to taunt them and he was doing these ones and all that, I thought, Nah, okay, he's bringing it on himself now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair enough when yeah, when the, when the taunting gets involved. But yeah, I don't know. I think that the build up to it and yeah, the initial booing and, and all that sort of stuff is um, yeah. I just found it it was it was a bit strange considering um, yeah, he wasn't even in their best team. I love I love how the players get involved with it, like the Darcy Moore stuff. That was great because they're obviously they're, they're they're mates and and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, when when it's the fans, like it's he was a fringe player, he was a young player, wasn't even getting a game like. Pop down. It's not. It's not one of your best players. I feel like that is our culture, though, in football. I feel like when most clubs lose a player and they leave voluntarily, they kind of cop a bit of a boo the next week. The next time they play that club, yeah, uh, no, I absolutely. I think yeah. it's different, but I feel like whenever a player like opts to leave, I feel like everyone cops it. So we, I know we're hanging in on the Collingwood fans at the moment, but I feel like this does happen quite regularly. But I yeah. do want to quickly point out as well the comment down below, Catherine Deluca, a football genius, Tigers for twenty twenty three, and I uh, couldn't agree more with that, Catherine. Tigers for 2023. 2023, right. mate. That's, it's right. our year. It's our okay. year. So, it's our year. Uh, but that's anyway. probably enough for the pies. We, we spoke before about Melbourne. We touched on them and they were dominant as well on the Saturday. Yeah. And I went, we had three good games in a row, but mate, how good was Gaundy? Oh, my God. I think I think a lot of Melbourne supporters that I've been speaking to were a little bit apprehensive with what Grundy's going to offer the club. And mate, it's it's gonna they're gonna be the best team in it all year. Let's let's be honest. Like that that combination, Gorn was best on ground. He's definitely not slowing down. He's unbelievable. Could be the best player in the competition by the end of the year. And you got Grundy, who was the best ruckman for a, a while there. And I think just a change of scenery is gonna do wonders for him. And and you got the two best ruckmen over the last ten years playing in the same team, you know, as well as probably the two best midfielders in Petrarca and Oliver. And then you got Stephen May potentially the, the best. He didn't even play on Saturday night. Like it's they've got a scare. They're a scary team. I think they've got four 
big inclusions for this week as well with Steve May, Jack Viney, Christian Salem, um, and Bailey Fritch. So they're four yeah, decent players to bring back into your team, aren't they? Oh, huge, huge. And again, there's a good reason why they're Eagle Premiership favourites at the moment. You just see them absolutely taking off. And I, I've said it before, I'm pretty sure I said it in the season preview we did, but I can see them doing a little bit of what Richmond did in 2019 where we had that year where we didn't get as far as we should have and then bounced back the next year after their first Premiership win. So I can see them doing that this year, Melbourne, and the way they played, especially to shut down. Like, you know, everyone's talking about how good um, Western Bulldogs' tall forward line was going to be, and they didn't have one of the best key backs in the competition, Stephen May, playing, and they still tailed them up. So imagine when he's yep. there and all the other players you mentioned as well. And I'm pretty sure Bailey Fritch is back this week from memory. Um so yeah. like they're there. They're gonna have their full side back pretty shortly and it's gonna be scary. Yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah, they're they're definitely gonna be the front runners this year. I think we both tipped them for the flag when we did our predictions. So I think yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're everyone. I think across the board for all from all predictions that were posted over the last couple of weeks, I think the D's are the clear pick for, for most people. So um yeah, and they proved that. But they've got a big test on I think Friday night against Brisbane on the rebound at the Gabba, that's going to be a tough, tough task for them. Well, that will be big. And speaking of Brisbane, what were your thoughts? Because one of the things we did want to talk about tonight was people just jumping to conclusions. And it's so easy to do in round one. I mean, it starts with the practice matches, leads into round one. And already some people are saying, oh, Brisbane, that's it. Like they're done for the year. And I don't think so. It's too early to say that with Brisbane. But it happens for all clubs, what are your thoughts on Brisbane? I mean, obviously the performance I put up wasn't great, but I also think Port Adelaide's going to be exceptional this year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another early judgment, isn't it? Like, yeah, Brisbane had a shocking day, absolutely shocking day. But does that mean that they're they're not going to have a good season? No, it's it's one round and it's probably it could be a blessing for them to get absolutely pantsed in round one because um, they've probably got a little bit ahead of themselves and um, you know, got sucked into the media hype around them this year. So, if anything, it's probably going to do them wonders and, and really sharpen them up. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, people are like, oh no, they're not. They can't win the flag. And you know, two weeks ago, people were saying that they can. So it's, I don't. I, I that's why sometimes I don't like round one because of the, you know, the the judgments on some clubs are just ridiculous. And the same with Port Adelaide as well. Like, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be really good by the, by the looks of things. Um, does it mean that they're going to be top four? No. Um, Tom will tell, but it's just, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's funny just to see all the judgments come through. And then, yeah, Richmond Carlton are going to be no good because we played in a, a scrappy, low scoring affair. So it's, it's, yeah, it, it goes for all clubs. But I think the Brisbane one is definitely an overreaction. I think they, they will be good this year. They just had a really, really bad day. Yeah, I think it's, you can't look into things too much. I reckon Brisbane will come out firing this week and it's going to be a great game. See, uh, them take on the D's, but. Our next comment, um, and we did, we were going to talk about this anyway, but I'll, I really enjoy this one. You guys would know that the concussion issue is raising its head again, and rightly so. How do you see it impacting the game, and what do you think could be done? So, I feel like the best way to start this conversation is we'll talk about the MRO decisions over the weekend with the um, Cozzy Pickett incident, the Buddy Franklin incident, and the um, McAdams incident. I think they're the best ones to start with. So. Firstly, what were your thoughts on the on the bans? Do you think they were all rightly adjudicated? No, not at all. Especially in a in a time where we're trying to well, with the concussion stuff rearing its head, um, it couldn't have been a worse week to to clean someone up like that. 
Um, and I think the op, the, it's, it's a missed opportunity from the, from the match review and the AFL to only give Cozzy Pickett two weeks, Buddy Franklin one week, where Buddy has a history of it. Sam Collins went off with um, you know, for a concussion test and he was a bit dazed. I think Cozzy should have got he should have got four weeks at the minimum. Like that was he lined him up, jumped off the ground. He's just lucky that Bailey Smith didn't get hurt from it. I think that's the only thing that saved him there. And then the McAdam one, I think, yeah, I think it's the same as Cozzy. I think he should be looking at about that four-week mark because you just can't – if we're going to stamp this out of the game, you need to go hard on these players, um, especially with this concussion stuff that's happening. It's not a good look if, you know, they're only handing out one-week, two-week suspensions um, for things like that. So I've seen we've seen a lot worse. Uh, we've seen things that have um, not been as bad as that um, go for a lot longer. So it's – I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with it. I think we're we're focused too much on outcome and not the action, and it's it is really disappointing. Um, I think Scott Pendlebury did said on the radio the other day that there should be like a sin bin rule where you know, that that if a player does that sort of action, that they they're out of the game for about you know, ten to fifteen minutes, where that team's one player down. What do you what do you reckon with that sort of stuff? I really, I was actually going to mention that myself. I really like the Sinbin idea. And obviously, when you start thinking about rule changes and the way it will be implemented, the first thing you you tend to do is picture your own team being involved in something like that. And that's probably the first thing that springs to mind. So for me personally, it's I go back to last year when Tom Stewart knocked out Dion Prestia when we played the Cats. And you look at that incident, Prestia's wiped out for the whole game. Tom Stewart, arguably Geelong's best player, stays on. And Geelong win by a small margin in the end. Now, does that make a difference? You know what I mean? Like now, why does their best player who did get to stay on the mm. ground after he's decked one of ours? Now, I'm not saying wipe him out the rest of the game, but I definitely think you bring in like a 20-minute, 30-minute, whatever the time. I don't know how long it is in the NRL. But I think a Sinbin would be a good idea because it's going to deter players even more. And yep. if the AFL wants to be serious and take this concussion stuff seriously, all good and well to talk about it, but... Surely at the moment as well with the lawsuits that are coming their way, you think that that would be all over this and going, nah, we're stamping it out, good and proper, done. And people are talking about the bump is dead, the bump is dead. The bump is not dead. Uh, it's it's different now. You can't just shirt front blokes in the face. That That's dead, yes. If you want to see a good clean bump, go back to Sydney Stacks 2019 like when he dropped uh, Jack Viney with a clear bump to the shoulder. That's a bump. And again, mm. bring back my own team into this, but that's a bump. That's not dead. So I hate when people say the bump is dead. It's not. It's just cleaning blokes' heads off. That's dead. And we need to get yeah. rid of that because it's a serious yeah. thing and it's, it sucks. Well, the people that are complaining about the bump not being able to, to be used again, like you, you, I don't think I don't think modern day footy is for you. You're just going to have to watch replays from, from the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s because that's just not a part of our game anymore. That sort of hits. Like it's it's not tough to, to line someone up anymore. Um Especially with yeah, with with the the repercussions of of head knocks. So it's yeah, if you if you're crying about the bump is dead and all that sort of stuff, then I'm sorry, I don't think modern footy is for you. And you need to get on YouTube and watch replays from the '90s because I don't think that's a part of our game anymore. And, and I think I think that was uh, it was mentioned in the media today that I think it might have been might have been Simon Goodwin where he was like, um, yeah, "Our games for tackling, not bumping," which is which is a fair point. It is. It is a fair point. See, I am a big fan of the bump. I think it can be used strategically. I think it's very effective. 
when used properly. And I think that's the biggest yeah. issue we're facing right now is there's such a fine line of when you should and shouldn't use it. But again, it's a risk, which is why I don't mind it because if you, you opt to bump, you're taking that risk where you could be wiped out for four weeks. So you've got to think and plan, okay, am I, if I'm going to do this now, am I going to miss four weeks of the season? You know what I mean? Or is this safe enough for me to bump, impact the play, but not hurt anybody or see myself miss games of footy? And I think that's a tough conversation to have you with yourself, especially in the middle of a game. I mean, we've both played football. We know what it's like. And at that level, it would be, you know, completely different altogether. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be – we've got to stamp them out. And I think to give – like the time periods that we did to these players, I, th- I think was a bit of a joke and sort of laughing in the face of, um, especially laughing in the face of the lawsuits that are coming their way at the moment. They, they pretend that yeah. it's a serious thing. And then you give, was it Buddy got one week? Was it Buddy that had the one week? Yep. Yep. He cleaned up a guy's head. And I love Buddy Franklin, but he's been doing this his whole career. Yeah. yeah. Nothing and he, he, he's, he's always he ran past the ball. That's the thing. He, he ran past the ball and then. I think McAdams got longer than Cozzy Pickett. Am I right in saying that? Is that he's at the tribunal tonight. I'm not sure if that the verdict's come out for it just yet. We can look okay. it up. But, yeah, um, I'm background research. Yeah, but I think, but I think that I think that's what they were going for to get more from McAdams. But at least when McAdams bumped the player, had the ball. Cozzy Pickett bumped Bailey Smith, and he had no footy in his hand, and he left the he he lined him up. That's let's be honest. Mm. He was he was looking for blood. When I saw that, I thought that is an act of violence. Like he is looking to go. Now I thought it was going to be a massive punch on him. Surprised there wasn't, to be honest. Yeah. It was a lot smaller than I thought it would have been. But I'm glad there wasn't. We don't need punch ons in the game. But you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, Shane McAdam uh, has been given three weeks. So there you go. still, so, I f- still feel like that's a missed opportunity for the AFL there. They sh- I think four would have sat right with everyone. I think oh, it was just, just not. A, it's not just about the concussion as well. It's just not a great look for the game either. When you got players taking out players and completely lining them up like that, yeah, that's the thing. It's um, and I know it's again, it's that fine line where you don't want to, you don't want to say like, oh, we're becoming a soft sport because we're definitely not a soft sport. You were just, you've got to protect the head. I think it's just that simple. You, the head is the most important part of your body, and we've seen the effects that it's starting to have to people later in life as well. So if we can do everything we can now to avoid that sort of stuff, I don't see why we wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so just just to recap, Cozzy Pickett two weeks, Shane McAdam three weeks, Buddy Franklin one week. Interesting, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll um, I, I think as I think as the season goes on and this and the more concussion talk there is with with the lawsuits and all that sort of stuff, I think the harsher these penalties are going to get. Um, but yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what players do from now on as well after all this sort of stuff. So. Um, but yeah, what else? Uh, what else caught your eye over the weekend, mate? So, um, there's been plenty to talk about. Well, I'll tell you what, the heat wave over in uh, was it was it Greater Western City the game was played? It was, wasn't it, against the Crows? The the heat wave that struck there was like 32 degrees and players were cramping all over the joint. That was, yeah. I'm glad we play a winter sport. I don't know how the uh, the AFLW yeah. did it for a couple of years there, with playing in the middle of summer because that looked that looked brutal. Yeah, that I think Toby brutal. Green said um, in the post post-match interview that that was the the hardest game he's ever played in just and he's played in finals like that's not you know yeah. he's played finals in high intensity games and for that to, for a round one game against the crows to take the cake you know it must have been hot yeah absolutely so um but that was that was a massive win from the giants as well they were they were down and out um the crows were dominating and and, and all over them 
um, and to win and come back in, in those sort of conditions as well was was huge for them, uh, especially under Adam Kingsley too. Absolutely, and I, I don't mind this this comment, Darcy Roberto. Mason Cox attitude caught my eye. USA, USA, USA. Well, coming from a man that you know resembles Mason Cox quite a bit, I don't mind that comment from Darcy. I thought <laughs> the swagger that Cox is walking around with—he kicks a goal, he takes a big mark—and you can see the attitude that runs through him. He, he loves it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised he's for someone that can have such a big impact one week and next to nothing the next his confidence in himself is through the roof and good on him i mean i'd be pretty down in the dumps you know if i was sort of in and out in and out or with my consistency levels like he is but he's uh he's found a way to strut his stuff and it does piss off opposition fans i won't lie from 2018 i'm still haunted by mason cox strutting down the g i'm like mate you big lanky i was just yeah yeah it's frustrating but he was good on the weekend cox yeah did you see the um that that goalie snag from the boundary, that snap, unbelievable. Oh, mate, the, the amount of memes I saw come out of that as well because we all know Cox is a good set shot. I reckon from and with 35 metres, set shot, drop punt, I reckon like, you almost nail, like put money on it and nail it because he's just such a good kick. But, yeah, the, the boundary line, that, that snap surprised me. He's uh, He's got another little um, arrow arrow in his quiver now, I think. So yeah. I didn't mind that. No, nah, it was good. And I think, I think as a Colling, well, I, I think Colling, that's a big reason why Collingwood supporters love him so much is because he brings that swagger. He brings that sort of that arrogance where, I mean, most of the time he doesn't back it up, but when he does, it's, 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 it's on another level, isn't it? As you, as you know very well. Yeah, I found out the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah. But good on him. He's, he's, he's fought through a bit as well when you think about a Cox. Like the amount of times people presume that he'd be delisted, he'd be you know, sent packing and all that. And he just, he's like a cockroach. You can't get rid of him because he keeps putting on performances that just force the club to keep him there. And the fans love him. And that USA chant Darcy mentioned just before, it, it does your head in, but you can't deny it's catchy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he could be primed for a big year, big mace. So um, let's see how he goes. But before we move on to our next topic, we've put a link in the, in the comments. So for anyone that wants to jump on and join us for a chat, um, click on the link there. We'll um, we'll let you in and and um, and yeah, give us your thoughts on the weekend as well. We'd we'd love to have as many of you on here as possible. It's not just us two. And um, yeah, so yeah, click that link that's up on the screen now, and um, and we'll let you in when the when you're in the in the green room. Um, Absolutely. Next game to talk about. I think I think this is a, a big one and probably a hard one to read as well. Was the Hawthorne Essendon game? I mean. On one side, it's it's very easy to, to tell that Hawthorne are, are going to be as bad as everyone thinks they are going to be this year. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, I think they made Essendon look really good or Essendon are going to be a little bit better than what we think. Again, like you said, hard, hard to gauge, really hard to gauge. I, I tipped the Hawks. Honestly, I thought the Hawks would – I know, it might have been silly. I don't know. I just – I. Something about Hawthorne, I guess, from what I'm used to over the last you know decade or so, you just it's hard to write them off completely. Um, I think now I will be. I think I can concede that them will be sort of bottom two and all the rest of it. But Essendon look like they've improved from what from what I saw. But again, like how much do you read into it? They beat Hawthorne, who are probably going to finish bottom two in the ladder. So do you do you read into it a lot? I know Essendon fans are up and about, but one one really good thing, um, which I thought, which is great for footy, not just for the Bombers, was. 
Anthony McDonald tipping Woody playing football again. And that goal, like the crowd wasn't huge, but it sounded like there was, you know, 95,000 in it when he kicked that goal. It was, uh, it was good. To, it's good to have a tip it back. Yeah, for sure. That was a really nice moment. Um, yeah, with everything he's been through and, and yeah, with his retirement from the game and everything like that, that, that was a really great moment. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we never usually say nice things about the Bombers, do we? On We're notorious for it, but, um, yeah, for, for some of those moments on Sunday, there, there were some really nice things to take out of. And I think it's just good just to see, you know, as, as, as hard as it might be for some of us to say it, but Essendon, you know, turning a corner a little bit. Um, like this could be the, the big win that, that can really help them improve. And time will tell whether this was just, a you know, an easy win against a, a pretty poor team or um, or whether it's just a, a thing that, that might propel them um, further than we think this year. So, um, but... I think, well, from what I saw anyway, ex-boy Will Setterfield looked pretty good. I think he um, had 25 touches and I think he kicked a goal as well. So he, he was, he, this is always going to happen. Um, I think he just needed a new home and, and to play in a right position. Um, and then Sam Wiedemann looked really good as well. So a couple of their new recruits, again, against a weak opposition, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And, and they didn't just beat him, they, they beat him quite comfortably too. So... Um, I'm very intrigued to see how the Bombers go over the next few weeks. I've got Gold Coast this weekend down here, so that's another big opportunity for them to potentially go 2-0. Yeah, and that's right. Well, Gold Coast are another team as well that they always start the season strong. We know what we're sort of expecting them to do this year. So if Essendon can knock them off and do it comfortably again like they did the Hawks, and I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. And you mentioned some of the players on their list. I think their list is quite good. Um, That could be an unpopular opinion, I'm not sure. But I reckon we take their list for granted. I reckon they've actually got some pretty decent, some quality players on their list. And a lot of them, may, like you said, may have come from other clubs. But I think Dodora has actually done a decent job for once and he's actually put the right pieces in place. And I think Essendon, uh, they're, in the, they're in the right direction. They're going in the right direction for success. I don't think they're there yet. But, they, um, yeah, I think with what they've got around them at the moment, they're only a couple key pieces away from taking that next step. Love it. We've uh, we've called this episode early judgments, and that's a very early judgment from you because I reckon two weeks ago you wouldn't have not have been saying those things about Essendon. No, I had him uh, wooden spoon for sure. So yeah. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely an early judgment, big time, big time. That's uh, I reckon that's just chilling Essendon for a couple of weeks. Um, wait until they uh, wait until they play some proper opposition. I, I reckon. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You get to wait and see, but who knows? They could be. I, like I said, we don't see them playing finals this year, but if they're knocking off all the teams that are sort of below them, when that's you know that's still a start yep. because last year they were struggling against everybody, so it's, yep. a, it's a good start regardless. What about uh, what about the Saners, Ross the boss, mate? Considering their forward line as well, that was a great performance against Frio. Who? What are we thinking from Frio this year? They're finalists? Are they not finalists? I, I can't Careful. gauge them. It's an early judgment, Queen. It's an. I'm. I'm just. It's only round one. I'm just asking the question, Marcus. That's all you can do is ask the question. But it's it's true. We, we you know, Freo was a team that a lot of people, some people had them sliding, some people had them improving, and then you watch that on the weekend, and like Saints were great. But I mean, a lot of people probably didn't think the Saints would jump that much this season either. So early judgments, but the Saints look good, and if they get Membry and King back as well, like they're going to be a very dangerous forward line. And yeah, they played some exciting footy, and the Saints fans should be up and about. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game to watch. Like it was, it was um, you know, the skills were pretty pretty poor, and 
it was a little bit defensive, but I mean the Saints. Everyone, yeah, everyone was tipping them for bottom four this year. So I think to to beat a, a top eight team from last year, that is um that is huge from them, and they're already talking flags down there by the looks of things. Well, Matt Rosewell went straight out of footy training tonight. Flag killed her in the next three years. Well, uh, I don't know. I, it's it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I guess the vibes, the Saints are just notorious for not winning flags. So to be I, like again, same as I said about the Bombers, that all the pieces are there. I think the new coach, it just it looks like it's all starting to slowly happen. And, yeah, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if in the next three years they're, they're thereabouts. But it's going to be an interesting wait. Early didn't judgment, you, I know. Didn't you say that Ross was going to be sacked halfway through the year? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, end, end of the year. End of the year, not halfway. Uh, end, end right, you've yeah, changed the tune already. Bold, that was my bold prediction that, uh, yeah, that Ross the boss would get the ass again. I don't, yeah, it's... I had to go out on a limb with that one. <laughs> uh, but no, they did, they did look good. And um, Matthias Philippou, it was good. Philippo, Philippou. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you tried to pronounce it because I was not yep. going to attempt that one. But he looked great. He looked really he, good. He felt he looked, he looked comfortable as well at AFL level. He didn't didn't look like the occasion um, got to him at all, which was which is fantastic. Like you, most young kids come in, you can see that they're nervous, they're shaky, they're, they'll fumble a little bit more than what they will when they're four, five, six games in. But he, he looked right at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and considering the injuries that they had as well, that, that was just massive for the Saints. Um, so hats off to them. But yeah, Frio on the other hand, did you see the the stats for their couple of their their key players down back? With Brennan Cox took twenty marks, and Luke Ryan had thirty seven disposals. Like, I had, to, I had to triple check the stat sheet when I saw that. Like, how many? So that just shows the dominance St Kilda had, and they've got it down their defensive fifty uh, inside their forward fifty that often. That Freo were well, Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox were getting their hands on the ball that much, um, and and the Saints still won the game. So that just shows, I think, how poor Freo probably were uh, overall in that match. Oh, absolutely! I don't reckon um, Luke Ryan would have known what he was doing with the football in his hand that many times throughout the game. Thirty-seven times is ridiculous, even for midfielders. That's nuts. So yeah, yeah, it speaks wonders for the Saints. Like I said, they 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 were great. They, they really didn't do much wrong on the night. And we know they start strong. Like, like they did it last year. They did it even before they notoriously start strong, the Saints. But like you said before, you can only beat who's in front of you and beating, um, you know, last year's finalists is not a bad shout. So well done to St Kilda. It's a, yeah, a great win. I'll take that heading into round two. It's a good start to the season and all the confidence you need coming out of that game. But I want to touch on it because we did talk about the new kid at the Saints and how he looked right at home. Mate, what about the Shees? Oh, yes, how do we how, how do we forget about the she's? I want to I want to no, call it out too because I mentioned this to you. I sent you the message about it, but I remember in my uh, season predictions when I had the she's winning the Rising Star, I had a couple of comments saying stuff like, "Oh, Will Ashcroft must play golf." Basically, taking a big shit on my prediction for the she's to uh, win the Rising Star at the end of the year. Did Did you guys watch him? Did anyone else watch him on the weekend? <laughs> Thirty four disposals off the half back line. This kid is a jet. Yeah, and, uh, I'm very excited to see what he's got to offer in the uh, in the next few years because he again he looked right at home. He did not look like he was out of place at all, um, and it's going to be really exciting watching him develop over the next couple of years. Yeah, he was incredible. I think that's that has to be the best first game ever, doesn't it? I think that um, it's up there. I mean, that's pretty good. Passing Dean Polo, doesn't it? Nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> How many times did he hit the scoreboard? <laughs> Doesn't surprise Dean Polo, but it's right up there. It's a close second to Dean Polo's uh, debut game. But it was um, it was unbelievable, and he, he doesn't look like 
an 18, 19 year old kid, does he? Like he, he looks already made, which is nuts. Mm. I mean, the kids these days are growing up. Like I look at photos of me at 18, 19 and I look seven and I'm looking at these kids now and they're coming in, they're built, like they're a lot taller than me, which isn't hard. I know, but they just look ready to go. They look ready to go, which is unreal because it's always been a talking point whether we draft kids too early or not. But I think the way they're being developed now and the programs at the younger level are that much stronger and more professional than they have been in the past. And you can just see it come through with some of these kids with the level of professionalism they're entering the system with. Yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I think over the last few years in particular, you, you're just seeing these, especially the high high draft picks, they're just they're coming in faultlessly, aren't they? Like it's... It's scary. I think it's only going to get better as well. Um, I think, yeah, the, the development, the professionalism, um, I think the habits that they're taught at the under-18 level and, and through juniors as well really sets them up for it and compared to, you know, when we were 18, 19. So I think you think over the last few years, you know, back to back to Sam Walsh, who all those all those early picks from, from that year onwards have really just come in. There's been at least one or two players that have just come in seamlessly and, um, and dominated from the get-go. So you've got... Yeah, Nick Dacos, who looks like he's just going to go to another level again this year, which is crazy. And then there's the Shees. The Shees and Will Ashcroft, who probably his, his performance probably went a bit under the radar given Brisbane's performance. But, yeah, I think those two are going to light up the AFL this year. It's going to be scary to watch. And it's it's nuts because, like you said, Dacos is. He, he looks ready to take off again, which is hard to believe. I mean, the season he had last year was unbelievable. Um, so for him to take it up another notch already in his second year and the team he's got around him as well, it's it's all happening at the right time for Dacos. And then, yeah, like you said, the Shees and Ashcroft, they just they look primed primed and ready to go. But I think the Shees yep. is uh, he's my man outside of the Tigers at the moment, the Shees. I just I love the nickname as well, the Shees. It's great. Yep. So. It is great. And then the Cheezels that were going around at the game as well, that was very, That's very great. funny from the North supporters. Um, and... Well, it, it's been a big week for the Shees. So he's he's obviously had the big game. They've had a win. He's the Rising Star nomination, and he had a two-year contract extension. So it's not a bad start to life as a footballer. No, that's massive. And I've seen actually a lot of young players doing this recently too, where they they play one or two games and then they're signing contracts instantly, which speaks wonders to Clubland and what they're doing at these clubs to keep young kids so interested and so engaged so early. And I know. It's easy to say, yeah, but they've got an AFL opportunity. Of course, they're going to re-sign. They don't want to blow it. But, you, you know, a lot of kids know that how easy it is to move these days. If they wanted to move to another club, they know that there's a good chance they could probably do that. So I think it's wonderful that people are committing and staying and um, signing on so early. But it was a no-brainer for North Melbourne to re-sign the Shees. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, it was a great day for North as well. Very happy for them to, to win in, in round one and, and the way they did as well. They look, actually look quite impressive for large parts of that game. Um, so I think Clarko's really changed the way they play, the way they defend. Um, and again, no early judgments, Quinn. Um, so let's not get overhyped and think North are going to play finals. But I think we can. it can be guaranteed that they're going to be a lot better than they have been the last couple of years. Well, that's the point of this show, Marcus, early judgments. That's what we're here for. It's the weekender, mate. The early judgments, the weekender. But yeah, no, North won't play finals this year, you wouldn't imagine. So just looking for that improvement. And I think we've already found it just one week in. So if they can keep continuing this form, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was that was great to see. Anything else from the weekend, mate? What else caught your eye? Oh, it's pretty much it. It, it, it went like it a flash. I'm it. so excited for football to be back. And it just it came and went just as quickly as, um you know, 
Thursday night rolled yeah. around. So it's good. I'm glad we're back in, in amongst of it. Um, we've got all the football talk during the week now. Stuff like this is happening. We can discuss the rounds. It's exciting. And I'm loving it. And round two is only uh, two days away. It's Tuesday night well, now. Yeah, Thursday night. We're closer to round two than we are round one. So we... um. Yeah, we're definitely late in, in doing this. But, yeah, again, you can – for those that weren't listening at the start, you can blame Quinn's uh, celebration for the draw as to why we are doing it on a Tuesday, not a Monday. Actually, no, I do want to talk about that. I do want to talk about that because a lot of people, especially about me in particular, are giving Richmond supporters a bit of flack about being happy with the draw. Now, let me just put this on the table. I'll, I'll explain this properly for those that may not be as educated as others. But – it wasn't the draw we were happy with. It was the way that last passage of play all unfolded and we were this close to probably losing that game. So the draw was a much better result than to lose. However, in in hindsight, no, we're not happy with the draw because, like I said, I think we were four-goal better side on the night and we should have won comfortably. But the fact that we drew instead of a loss was was a nice little finish, but not the way we really wanted it to go. Yeah, you were just happy that you took the the game away from Carlton. Let's let's be honest. That's the real reason. I, I think that's I think that is what it is. Yeah, because it was really in your hands in that last couple of minutes there, and like we probably pulled that one out of our ass that last goal. I think Weedering had done a pretty good job on Lynch most of the night, so for him to get clear for that last passage of play of all of them was just a nice little touch for um for us to yeah tie that game up. So I was pretty happy with that. I won't lie. Yeah, no, all good. I'm glad we can we can move on from that because I uh, was uh yeah I mean a lot most Carlton supporters were pretty pretty down in the dumps even though it was a draw. I think it was just the way we played. We're in the winning position, so let's uh let's move on from that. And who knows what those two points are going to mean later in the year as well. Well, that's it. It's that I, I, that's another one we should talk about. What are your thoughts on the draw? It's a hard one. It's a real hard one, isn't it? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Like, I, I think I like having the results, but I think the drama and the theatre of the draw makes it makes it. I don't know. It, it's it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I have a. I don't think I have a, a finished opinion on it. To be honest. Well, I do. So I'll give mine. We got to keep it. It's simple as that. We've got to keep the draw because, like you said, it it creates that that interest and that excitement come later in the season when the two points could either get you over the line or just, you know, make you fall short. Um, and it's at the end of the day, it's a result because you get points from it. So it's not like there's no result. You get a result at the end of the day and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I like it. I think it adds to the excitement, the theatre of it, and it's a, it's a good thing to have. I don't know if I like the, um, yeah, the, the overtime. In finals, it's a different kettle of fish, different story. But I think for home and away, I, I like the draw person. I think we keep it. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. So we're keeping the draw and we're bringing in the sin bin. Is that what you're you're asking? Hundred percent. Yeah, we're gonna yep. get it. We, we need a different name though. We can't be calling it the sin bin. We need a different yep. name. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't mind this, this this next comment. Best thing to happen in this podcast is a Richmond and Carlton grand final. End of the season, the way it started, but with different results, with the Tigers winning. Well, that would be the best thing to happen in this podcast, Catherine, with the Tigers <laughs> winning the flag against the Blues. But I honestly think a Richmond Carlton grand final could break this podcast because I would just yeah. have to grab you. I don't know. I don't think we'd be able to handle it. No. I don't know how the build-up would go, and especially the end result. Like, it would just, yeah. It would, no, it would, it would, it would be it would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. Um, 
obviously for both of us, if both our sides made it, it would be nuts. But yeah, I don't know. I think we'd also tear each other apart at the same yeah. time. We've got Malcolm Marsh here. Early judgment. Carlton, although a young team, will play grand final and Carlton will win. Ooh. I like that early judgment. I thought you very, might like that. Very good one. <laughs> I thought you might like that one. Well, they've got a young team. That's that's pretty much your list at the moment. But I feel like they're all at that right age of being young where they're not they're not too young where they're inexperienced. They're, they're young enough where they're still fit, they're fine, they're ready to go, but they're also experienced enough to know how they should know how to win these sorts of close games and and blow teams out and take it to that next level. So it is an early judgment. We know that we're, everyone's expecting improvement from the Blues this year, but it's um, still round one. It was a scrappy game on Thursday night, and you got a good test this Thursday. Yeah, we just can't be playing with statues on this Thursday night. Um, I think that we had a few of them play against you guys, in particular Jack Martin. I'm going to name drop Jack Martin, Zach Fisher. Um, Jesse Motlop wasn't great. I think it's these players, it's these bottom bottom few players that are just really letting us down. So um, I think if we play like that, like that against Geelong, we're going to be in for a long night. So, But who knows? Who knows? It's no early judgments here, Quinn. Um, round one's done. Anything can happen in round two. Well, that's it. That's it. And it's only around the corner, two days away as we're speaking. So it's very exciting. Can't wait for that. But that... Pretty much wraps us up, I'd say, Marcus. I reckon that's yep. that's done for tonight. 45 minutes, decent, decent length show. Thank you for all those that were watching, commenting, supporting. Um, we'll be doing this every Monday night from now on. We'll be back to a Monday at 8 p.m. So feel free to check out the socials, jump across there, uh, all the details. You'll, you'll see the pump up during the week anyway, the lead up to all the links being posted. To, so you can jump on and join us. Um, we do have merchandise, Marcus. It's in the description below, and that's still for sale. So... If you want one of these pressure point tees or the OG one, um, they're still for sale as well. We've got bucket hats. We've got tank tops. And we forgot we've got tote bags. Uh, we've got the works. And we've got a winter yeah. range coming out shortly as well. So keep a close eye on that. But uh, it's yeah. pretty much up done. That's it. That's it. And one of the comments that we had before from, from Matt, um, he did say he wanted to get a tote bag. I don't see that he has one just yet. So looking forward to seeing a photo of, uh, of his purchase soon. Absolutely. And that's the thing. If you do buy something, yeah, take a photo, share it with us. Because if you didn't, there's no photo, it didn't happen. So take yeah. a photo, share it with us, and uh, we'll, yeah, we'll share it on the socials as well. But yeah. just having a look at my laptop now, Marcus, it's got about 8% left. So we'll, we'll wrap it up before it, uh, it shuts down and prematurely. Yep. Yeah. Thank you again, everyone, for watching. It's uh, it's awesome. We're hoping to get these live streams going more frequently because we're, we enjoy doing them. It's cool. We can't edit it out. Whatever we say, we're stuck with. Um, and I know it makes Marcus a little bit nervous with some of the stuff he says, especially about Carlton, but it is what it is. That's the game we're playing. Nah, love it, mate. And if you haven't seen our recent video as well, we did the Carlton-Geelong combined team, um, the 22 show. So that's uh, that went live today. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a massive it's good luck yeah, with the whole, the guy from the Highlights Club, Scotty Walton. So it, it was a... It was good fun, um, and Quinn was the mediator. So we had some uh, good fun filming that. And, yeah, let us know what you think of the, the combined Carlton-Geelong team ahead of the big game on Thursday. All righty, that's it, everyone. So, yeah, until uh, – or watch that episode for sure, but until next week's live stream, we'll, we'll chat to you all then. Enjoy the week of footy. Thanks, guys.